0: This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime at our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m., or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m., or online, anytime, at faithlivingchurch.com.
1: Well, we'd like to talk to you just a little bit about victory. And uh, you, you can see, praise your way to victory. You see that up here, you know? But you and I can experience victory through praise. That's right. And understand what praise is really all about. Isn't that right, dear? That's right. In Ephesians, do you got your phone on?
0: My phone? I don't know.
1: I get to ask the questions that you guys ask all the time. My
0: phone or my microphone?
1: Your microphone. <laughs> I do. Okay. I did. Have... I was just checking. To see. I was turning
0: my phone off though. Usually I don't do that, but <laughs> I don't get many calls. Anyways. Okay.
1: Ephesians chapter six, verse ten through eleven, it says, "Be strong in the Lord." That's some good advice. Mm-hmm. And in His mighty power, put on all of God's armor. One hundred percent. What, what what is armor? Think about that. You know,
0: protection.
1: Yep, yeah. shields
0: us in every area.
1: Be strong in the Lord, and in His mighty power, put on all of God's armor, so that you will be able to stand firm, hold your ground against all the strategies, the the tricks, and the. The schemes and the attacks of the devil. You know, he's always trying to destroy believers. That's what the devil's up to. He's always trying to. Psalms 115, verse nine to eleven. It says, "O Israel, trust the Lord. He is your helper. He is your shield, your armor. You know." O priests of Aaron, trust the Lord. He is your helper. He is your shield, your armor. All you who fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is your helper. He is your shield, your armor. I think this has been a little bit repetitive here. I think he's
0: trying to make something clear to us.
1: He is. The Lord remembers us and he will surely bless us. He will bless the people of Israel and the family of Aaron, the priest. In Psalms 33, verse 22, it says, We depend on the Lord alone to save us. Only he can help us, protecting us like a shield. You know, he is our armor and he protects us. I mean, you know, imagine that God is holding a shield and he is protecting you and he's blocking any harmful thing from coming toward you. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. A good fight is one that you win.
0: That's right.
1: I think that's pretty accurate, don't you think so? Yes, it is. Do you think it's a good fight if you lose it? No. No. but he tells us to fight. The good fight of faith.
0: And God has given us the armor so we can fight. He, he really
1: has. And you know, a good fight is really one that you win. Second Chronicles chapter twenty, verse one says, Sometime later the Moabites and Ammonites, accompanied by the Midianites, joined forces To make war on Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat received this intelligence report. A huge force is on its way from beyond the Dead Sea to fight you. There's no time to waste. They're already at Hazazon, Tamar, the oasis of Enchidai, shaken Jehoshaphat prayed. He went to God for help and ordered a nationwide fast. Hey, guys, let's all pray. The country of Judah united in seeking God's help. You know, that's what we all need is God's help.
0: That's right.
1: When you seek his genuine help and you go to him and the way you go to the father... If you go to him in the name of his son Jesus, uh-huh. it really is. It says, Judah, Judah, united in seeking God's help. And, and Judah means praise. Uh-huh. And uh, we're, we're talking about praise here. There is victory through praise. And it says, uh, here, let me see where I was at here. First. Okay. They came from all, they 100%. came from all, what percentage is that? 100%. They came from all the cities of Judah to pray to God. And then Jehoshaphat took a position before the assembled people of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of God in front of the new courtyard and said, O oh God, God of our ancestors, are you not God in heaven above the rulers, the ruler of all, 100%? Are are you not the God in heaven above uh, uh, the the rulers of all, 100%? Kingdoms below, you hold all, 100%. You hold all power and might in your fist. No one stands a chance against you. And didn't you make the natives of this land leave as you brought your people Israel in? Turning it over prematurely, permanently, I'm sorry, <laughs> permanently to your people Israel. The descendants of Abraham, your friend, they have lived here And build a holy house of worship to honor you. Saying, when the worst happens, whether war or flood or disease or famine, and we take our place before this temple, we know you are personally present in this place.
0: When the worst happens.
1: Our ever-present God. When the worst can be happening, we know that you're in this place. We seek your face, almighty God. And we know personally, you know, your presence is in this this place. That's what he's talking about. First Psalm, chapter Psalms, chapter 46, verse 1. In the Amplified Bible, it says, God is our refuge. He's our refuge. And strength, mighty and impenetrable, a very present and well proved help in trouble. A very, pre- God is our refuge, He's our strength, and He's very present and well proved help for us in trouble. Psalm
0: 22, verse 3. In the King James Version says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel, who is God's people. God inhabits the praises of His people. That's right. When we praise God,
1: He is here. God is here. When you praise Him, when you acknowledge His presence Mm -hmm. with you.
0: God lives in our praise. 1 Corinthians chapter 6.19 says, Don't you realize... That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you?
1: The Holy Spirit lives in me. He lives in you. And he lives in you. Hmm. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? You know? In the book of
0: Revelation, we find out that praise is actually the atmosphere of the throne room of heaven. That's what's taking place there 24-7, all the time, is praise and worship.
1: And when you praise, it changes things. It does. It genuinely does. Psalms 100, verse 1 through 3, in the Message Bible, it says, On your feet now. Can we just try that and see if it works for us? It says, On your feet now. Look at there. They all got on their feet. That worked pretty good. (laughs) Even I did. On your feet now, applaud God. Yes! Almighty God, we worship you. We worship you. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's an awesome passage. That's awesome. On your feet now, applaud God. Bring a gift of Laughter. <laughs> you got it already. You know what? I mean, th- this is very interesting, isn't it? On your feet now, which we've done. Applaud God, which we've done. Bring a gift of laughter. Seeing yourselves into his presence. On your feet now, applaud God, exclamation mark. Bring a gift. (laughs) The Bible says bring a gift of laughter. Mm -hmm. God considers that's a gift that you bring to him. It is. There's a lot of people just full of depression and, you know, just they're down in the dumps. He says here, bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourselves into his presence. Mm -hmm. When you're acknowledging almighty God and you're not acknowledging his presence. With you and you're singing. I mean, this is very simple. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. On your feet now. Applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourselves into his presence. You know, I will sing myself. That's what he says, I will sing myself into God's presence. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done that? When you're at home, just by yourself, and to sing yourself into the presence of God by acknowledging his presence with you, that his kingdom has come and his will is being done. Mm -hmm. He says here to sing yourself into God's presence. Bless thou the Lord, O my soul. Praise ye the Lord. And when you're singing God's word, I'll tell you what, that builds faith. Faith comes by hearing God's word, doesn't it not? Yes, it does. It's powerful. Hmm. Well, it says here in Psalms 100 in the Message Bible, and we just read Psalms 100, verses what, one, two? One, one and two,
0: yes. Yeah, one and is. two.
1: And it says here in Psalms, in the Message Bible, it says, verse three, it says, I Know this, that God is God, and God, God. He made us. We didn't make him. Now, a lot of people might think they did. And they can tell God what to do, but they really can't. Know this, that God is God. And God, God, he made us. We didn't make him. We're his people. His well-tended sheep. That's what we are. He he tends to us. He he tends to us very well. He takes care of us. He really does. We're his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password. What's the password? Thank, thank you. you. We enter into his presence. You enter with the password of thank you. You ever say thank you to God? Yes. You ever say a lot? Yes. Thank you, Almighty God, for the beauty that you've allowed us to see and to experience. You know? Make yourselves at home. How? Talking praise. He says, make yourselves at home, talking praise. You, you praise him. You praise the almighty God for all that he has created, for all that he has provided. Father God, we have praising him for sending his son here to wash our sins away. There is so much. You can just go on and on and on. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home. Talking praise. Thank him. Worship him. Verse 5 says, For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and ever. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 21. In the New King James it says, This people I have formed for myself. Who said that?
0: God said that about us.
1: This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. He has created us to declare his praise. Thank you, almighty God, for what you are doing in this world. Thank you for the sunrise and the sunset and the stars and and the moon. And thank you for our family and the the people we get to know. Uh, What what is there? How many things are there to praise God for? Innumerable. Infinite. Absolutely. You know? in praise. You know, during praise, we, we take our eyes off of people. And we take our eyes off the problems. And our focus... Of our eyes is upon Almighty God and His promises and His power. That's right. Praise, praise is evidence of faith, mm-hmm. genuinely. And faith moves mountains. It really does.
0: Psalm 149, verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing His praises in the assembly of the faithful. Verse 4 says, For the Lord delights in His people he crowns the humble
1: with victory. He with crowns God. the humble with victory. With victory. Only a humble man or a woman will truly praise God. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that's, that's a genuine, humble heart to praise the Almighty for what he has done and the promises that he has given us. Have you read any of the Bible that you have? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, it's an amazing book. As you read through that and the, the faith that builds and the insight that it gives to us, mm-hmm. it's absolutely amazing.
0: You know, in the Old Testament, which was written mm-hmm. in Hebrew, there's at least seven different words that mean praise. And all of them have a little bit different definition, a little bit different action involved in them. So we're going to go through those. The first one is yada.
1: It means to revere. To worship with open hands, with lifted hands. That's what the word yada means. Mm -hmm.
0: The second one, halal.
1: It means to boast and to rave, to go on and on about somebody, to shine. That's what it's talking about. To shine and to celebrate and to be clamorously foolish. And it means to dance. Did you know that? That's right. It means to dance before almighty God.
0: I, I haven't looked it up, but I got a feeling that that's the word when it says that David danced before the Lord and praised him. I'm pretty sure that's that. word. He was shining.
1: That's the truth.
0: Clamorously of it. foolish. He was dancing before the Lord with all his might. The third word is zamar,
1: And it just means to make music. You ever make music before God? We have here tonight a little bit. We've sang some songs. We've made music. Number four, Todah. That means an extension of the hand, and it means thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Are you genuinely thankful for much that God has done for you? Yes. I mean, so much that he has done for us, and we give him thanks. That's what he's telling us to do. The fifth word is Barak. To kneel. To bless God, to praise, to salute, to thank, but it starts off with to kneel. Have you ever genuinely, when you're at home or maybe out in your yard somewhere, have you ever kneeled before God? Yes. yes. Just because you love Him so much and because He's blessed you so much, genuinely, when you think about it, He is worth us kneeling to. That's right. He really is. He's worth us bowing our knee to the almighty God. The sixth is Tehillah. It means a hymn, a song of praise, a spontaneous song.
0: So a spontaneous song could mean one that you just come up with right on the spur of the moment and just sing it, a new song to God, one that had never been
1: Praise God from whom all <laughs> blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Have you ever just made up some words that you attributed to the almighty God? Now that's, that's something that just... What would happen if one of your children or your husband or your wife... Just started making up a song, an awesome song, and singing it to you. Wonder how God feels when we just begin to sing our heart out to Him. Mm-hmm. Think about that. That's genuine. That really is, is praise, is what it is. And you this
0: know? the seventh one is Shabbat. It means
1: to address in a loud tone. No, no, no. Bless the Lord. I mean, it's talking about loud. To address in a loud tone, to shout, to commend glory and triumph to Almighty God. That's what it's talking about. That's what the Bible
0: says. And each of these are things that God wants us to do.
1: While you're lifting your voice and singing to him.
0: And it's that kind of praise that will you can praise your way to victory.
1: You really can. You know? You really can. Just
0: being real quiet may not have the same effect.
1: It really doesn't. In Psalms 40, verse 2 and 3, it says, He brought me, Almighty God, He brought me out of a horrible pit. Have you ever been in a pit? Have you ever been in a pit of despair <laughs> or depression or something or another? This is there in your Bible. He brought me out of the horrible pit. He brought me out of the horrible pit. Out of the miry clay. Set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He has put a new song in my mouth. Even praises unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Now that's just that's just the scripture. Word for word. Word for word. We just saying it. Word for word. And, and that's what he wants us to do. He wants to know. He's the one who brought us out of the horrible pit. He is. And if you've ever been in a pit, know that God specializes in taking us out of the pit. That's right. He genuinely does. And you know what? The enemy of our soul wants to put us in a pit. All kinds of pits out there. And so God... He sets our feet upon a rock. Something that's established, something that's solid. And he says, and establishes my goings. Mm-hmm. It's not going to sink. He established my going and he puts a new song in my mouth. Where does the new song come from? From him. From, from Almighty him. God. He put a new song in my mouth. He, he's given me praises unto our God. And many are going to see these praises that we're lifting to him and they're going to fear and shall trust in the Lord. That's what he says, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's just the scriptures. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, when we can praise God in the midst of problems and adversity Mm -hmm. and things, you know, when we can praise our way to victory, uh, it it gets the people's attention around us. You know, it really does. I was thinking about it recently. Um, Wednesday, February 14th, and I won't get into the, to the details about it, but Wednesday, February 14th, was the 25th anniversary of my first retina surgery in my left eye.
1: Yep.
0: I had a detached retina when James was born, and uh, they had to do emergency surgery. And so.
1: And they really opened it up and.
0: Oh, yeah. They took, took it, it out and looked around and all that. <laughs> And so I have a a silicon buckle, they call it, or a belt around, a scleral buckle is the proper term, but a silicon belt around my eye. And then... But she
1: can see out of it awesome. Yeah. Better than the day she was born.
0: That's an amazing... Can I give a real short? Sure. To take up much time. That's enough. Yeah. No,
1: I'm just teasing. (laughs) You can go.
0: I was, uh, as a toddler growing... I had really bad eyes, you know, and my eyesight, I, I have the color of my mom's eyes and the weaknesses of my dad's eyes. Okay. And so by the time I was in the first grade, I had to have glasses, thick glasses. And my eyes continually got worse and worse and worse and worse. So by the time I was approaching my preteen years, my eye doctor said, you know, you are going to be legally blind by the time you're 20. And, uh, He said, so just prepare yourself. Your eyes are getting worse and worse every time you come every year. So I came to know Christ, you know, when I was 14 and and began to pray and ask God for healing. Uh, I refused to wear contact lenses because I wanted to wear those thick glasses so that when God healed me, people would know. You know, they would see the distance. I finally gave that. Up about ten years later, and decided, okay, I'm just going to get contact lenses, but I still I had to have one of the highest prescriptions of contact lenses, and so uh, when James was born, uh, through the strenuous labor, uh, my retina became detached. My dad had had a detached retina that was undetected, and he went blind, and then he had another his other eye detached, the retina detached as well. He had surgery, and and it was okay. Well, so. Um, they did a, that emergency surgery on February 14th, uh, 1999. And then a few months later, oh, once it was done, I couldn't see. You know, once that surgery was finished, my left eye noticeably looked off to the left. You know, if you looked at me, you, I couldn't look you straight in the eye because it looked off to the left. So the eye doctor said, Well, I think we caught your muscle underneath that scleral buckle. He said, the only thing I know to do is to go back in and do more surgery. Um, but so from February 14th to somewhere near the end of March, it was near Millie Zastri's birthday, um, My, I just kept my eye closed. I just could not open it because it was too horrendous. I just had the worst double vision that you can imagine, so I just kept my eye closed. And everybody was praying that God would heal me and uh so then um things weren't happening ronnie said well why don't you just try to get new glasses maybe it'll make a difference but it didn't i just saw double vision even better uh and so (laughs) one one night we were in the bathroom we lived over in the parsonage and we were upstairs in the bathroom looking at my new glasses and he was just looking at me praying for me and he said, he just said susan Look at me. So I did. He said, what do you see? I said, I see two of you perfectly. You know, and he said, well, just watch my finger. And so he took his finger and he went like this. And my eyes crossed and went back out and immediately they were healed. (laughs) And so we went back to the eye doctor the next week and I said, God healed me. He said, what happened? You know, because he was anticipating another surgery and he was a Jewish uh, doctor and he just, he said, undeniably, this is a miracle. You know, so anyway, uh, so the, you know, my, my, I still, of course, wore, you know, contact lenses and glasses when I needed to. So a few years later, oh, actually, after that, I had to have like a, a real minor laser surgery in his office, and, and he was just talking to me, you know, about that. And, and when he said it, I said, can I sing? during the surgery and he said what did you say I said can I sing can I praise God during the surgery and he's like if you can hold your head still you may sing during the surgery
1: he never heard anybody he never
0: heard anybody ask that question so I (laughs) sang during the surgery well a few years later my right retina detached and so it wasn't an emergency surgery because it wasn't hemorrhaging with the left eye, it hemorrhaged and they had to take out the vitreous gel out of my eye. So for two weeks with a newborn baby, I had to keep my head down so that the little bit of gel that was still in there would be on my lens so I would not get a cataract immediately. And eventually my body replaced that gel within that two weeks and I was, you know, I was okay. But Talk about a hard position to take care of an infant, you know, with my head down the whole time. So anyway, back to the right eye, We, when we found out I had to have surgery, we had, on a Thursday night service that we had, we had a counted all joy party. Remember we had a counted all joy party back last I, year? I remember. Yeah. And so we had a counted all joy party just because of what I was facing, and I had surgery. And again... When the surgery was done, I couldn't see. I had really bad double vision. I'm like, okay, you know. So, again, it was about a month, I think, because that happened again near the end of March. And this was like right before Easter. On the actually, it was on the night when Jesus would have borne the stripes on his back before the crucifixion. James was very jumpy. He was, he was a toddler by that time at one night. He was just restless. And so I went back in to tuck him in. And in that process, he bumped my head hard where I just had the surgery. And I was like, oh, I started crying. I went back to bed, opened my eyes, and my eye was healed. God heals me in the most unique and strangest ways.
1: If you want to pray for you, come on up.
0: So fast forward to, again, this, you know, they had taken this eye out. It also has that scleral buckle around it, but they didn't have to take out the the vitreous gel because it wasn't hemorrhaging like the other one was. But with this eye, because they didn't take out the vitreous gel, I have permanent floaters, you know, which is awesome to me because it's a constant reminder that I can see, you know, and thank God that I can see. So then fast forward 10 years, those cataracts that he warned me about, he told me they will eventually develop at an early age. So at age 50, I was facing cataract surgery. You know, when I went in for it, they they said, we're going to have to do a pregnancy test on you. That is unusual for a cataract patient. (laughs) Normally, you know, you're much older, but, you know, they had to check and make sure. And uh, anyway, so my doctor had already forewarned me. He was a cataract surgeon. He said, Susan, you are extremely nearsighted. And he said, most of the time when older people have cataract surgery, often they can put a lens in that will correct their vision or at least improve their vision. But he said, they don't make a lens that will improve your vision. They won't make a lens that will correct it. He said, I'm not even sure what I'm going to see when I get in there. He said, with all the scar tissue, uh, he said, I may just not even put a lens back in. He said, if I do, I'll probably just put a blank one. And then in a month, you can be refitted with contact lenses or glasses. So went through the, the cataract surgery. The next day, I went into the office to be, you know, uh, the follow-up visit. And he said, "How how are you seeing? And I'm like... I'm not seeing anything. He said, it's okay. It's a blank lens. I didn't expect you to be able to see anything in a month. We'll, you know, we'll uh, fit you for contact lenses. So that night, I was tired. It was a Thursday. I went home and went to bed. We were going to have Thursday night service in a little while after that. And I just went to sleep. And when I woke up that afternoon, uh, of course, I had a uh, contact lens in my right eye and nothing in my left, and I open my left eye, and I'm like, I can see. So it was amazing. I could see as good out of that blank lens, one that I just had the cataract surgery on, as I could my right eye. So when I went in the next week, I'm like, you're not gonna believe this, but God worked a miracle, you know. And of course, this is not the same Jewish doctor. He 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 had noticed the miracles before, you know. And I sang through that second retina surgery too. He said, "Yep, I know you can do it. Just go ahead and sing," you know. But so with cataract surgery, I did the same thing, you know. And he was just like, anyway. But
1: are you wearing uh, lenses right now? I'm
0: not wearing a lens he, he <clears throat> confirmed that I could see 2020 <clears throat> out of a blank lens. And he was saying, this is an absolute miracle. What oh, year that was that? That was in 2009, 2010, somewhere around there. And so then he said, let's do the next eye. We need to wait a month, but let's do the next one. So he did the right eye, put a blank lens in, sure enough. So I don't wear contact lenses. I don't wear glasses. I haven't since 2009, 2010. I mean, and I, you know, it took a long process, but I believe God as a teenager that God would eventually heal me. And he used some amazingly odd ways to do it, but he did it. But I think a lot of it had to come, it came back to the fact that I'm going to praise you, Lord, no matter what. Even if I do go legally blind, I'm going to praise you, you know. And the interesting thing was is as a teenager, you know, where they said I'd be legally blind by the time I was 20, when I was right after I got born again, so I got born again when I was 14. I was probably about 15 when I went to the eye doctor. And I hadn't been for a couple years because we had moved to a different state. And I went back to my original eye doctor, and he ran the test. He came back. He said, I'm going to have to run the test again, Oh, no, that doesn't sound good, you know. And when he came back in, he said, I can't believe this. He said, your eyes are no longer getting worse. They've come to a standstill in the last two years. So maybe you won't be legally blind by the time you're 20. You know, but so they didn't get worse, but I had extremely bad eyesight. But, uh-huh. You know?
1: Do you still have bad eyesight? No,
0: God has healed me, and I see perfectly. You know, and you, it, which is amazing to me. You know, it really is. Cause yep.
1: And we haven't really talked about it a whole lot. No. You know, to everybody. So maybe a lot of people, it's the first time. Mm. But we went through it. And yeah. it was stressful going through it because we didn't have no guarantees or no promises no, that at, you'll ever be able to see again. Mm-hmm. You know? But God is faithful. <clears throat> yep.
0: He is faithful. I will praise the Lord at all times.
1: That's even, what it says. Psalm, Psalm 34, thirty-four, verse one.
0: Even when it's a sacrifice,
1: I will praise the Lord at all, all 100%. times. That's one hundred percent of the time. I will constantly, always speak His praises. Uh-huh. When you think, have you ever have you ever thought of that? I'm going to constantly and I'm going to always praise God, and that was the whole ingredient. That brought this about in your life. Mm-hmm. You chose to sing while you're having the surgery.
0: Yeah, and it was interesting. God began to prepare me for that, even with uh, as I was pregnant with James. You know, I just I latched hold of that—that that I'm going to sing my way through labor. Yeah, You know, and I just decided I was going to labor differently. You know, instead of screaming, I'm going to (laughs) sing. Not that I screamed, but maybe I did. But I'm just going to sing, you know. And there reached a point where it was difficult to sing. But for the most part, that's what what we did. We sang, you know, so that we can constantly speak and sing his praise.
1: So let me read this verse again. Psalms 34, verse 1 through 3, it says... I will praise the Lord at all times. 100% of the time, you know, even when it's a sacrifice to to praise Him, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly, always speak His praises. Verse 2 says, I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Mm -hmm. Verse three, come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. And I'll tell you what his greatness inspires us to give him praise, doesn't it? it? Does. it let does. us exalt his name together. As with your your husband, your wife, your, your kids, your parents. Whoever you have opportunity to do so, come let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. There's something special about two or three of you gathering together in faith and praising the Almighty God, you know? What if I said you were underdressed for an event, you know? What would you do if I said you were, you're underdressed for this event, you know? You're unprepared. You're underdressed for wintertime, you know? you know it's it's not proper you don't have the proper layers on or the the proper proper parka or or socks or boots or hats or gloves you know for for skiing and uh, you, you need a helmet and you need goggles on what would you need if if you came to the conclusion you were going to do some mountain climbing what would you need maybe uh, a helmet maybe you might need some, uh, you ropes know, and goggles shoes. and ropes and special yeah, all the the gear that we have used over the years. <clears throat> what about a wedding? What if you were going to have a wedding? You know, do, do you need anything special for a wedding? Mm-hmm. You know, what about skydiving? Do you need anything special for a guy- skydiving? A parachute. <laughs> A parachute would be very practical, you know, so if you're parachuting, you you need all kinds of special things. And if you're biking, lots of people bike, we've Mm -hmm. done some biking before, and there's things that you need if you're biking or if you're camping or you're hunting or you're playing football. Uh, What about if you're a firefighter? Mm -hmm. You you need certain things, or what about if you're a, a policeman, you know? How do you prepare? Well, <clears throat> I wonder what some of the greatest preparation God wants you and me to have in our life. He says here in Isaiah 61 verse 3, He says, Give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise the garment of praise for the spirit of what?
0: heaviness
1: if you have a spirit of heaviness isn't it kind of easy just to have gloom and despair and agony on me Mm -hmm. you know but praise is what God has gifted us with Mm -hmm. the garment of praise is what he tells us to wear you know always being pulled down if if we're just being negative and gloomy and all, you know, always being pulled down. Praise is a God-given garment. Uh-huh. Praise is a God-given garment. And I wonder if you ever have on the, the garment of praise. The scripture tells us, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's what he tells us to do.
0: You know, if, if you watch the news much. A spirit of heaviness will often come on. Sneak you. up
1: upon you. That's the truth of it.
0: And we need to replace it with a garment, or combat it with a garment of praise.
1: Absolutely. Praise is a God-given garment that prepares you. It changes us. That cures that spirit of heaviness. Praise does that. It cures the spirit of heaviness. So the scripture tells us.
0: That's a song too. Have you
1: ever, (laughs) yes, well we should do all of those. Have you ever sensed a spirit of heaviness? Mm -hmm. It's just like gloom and despair and agony on me. (laughs) And all you can think about is the gloom and despair and all. You know, something that's weighing down on you. And God tells us, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that's biblical throughout God's word. He tells us to put on the garment of praise, to praise him, you know, to praise him for what he's done in us and through us and what he's yet wanted to do. The mighty uh, Niagara River plummets 180 feet at the American and Horseshoe Falls. And if you're there, it's always pulling you down. It genuinely is. And before the falls, there are violent, turbulent rapids, always pulling you down to the bottom of that thing. You know, it's always pulling you down. Farther upstream, however, where the river current flows more gently, boats are able to navigate. A pedestrian walkway spans the river, And posted on this bridge is pylons. And there's a warning sign for all boaters who want to go beyond that point. It says, do you have an anchor? Have you ever had an anchor when you was in some water somewhere? Mm -hmm. It said, do you have an anchor? Question mark. Do you know how to use it? It's almost like saying do you have brakes on your gar? Yeah. Do you know how to use them? No, no no idea whatsoever. You know? I've heard about somebody who
0: had an who? anchor but they didn't know how to use it. They forgot to tie it to the boat. Just <laughs> threw it up. Threw
1: it and then just... Shh. That has happened before. You know? The armor of God is much like an anchor. And I ask you, do you have... The armor of God. The armor of God. It includes the garment of praise. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do you have this armor of God that includes the this amazing garment of praise? Do you know how to use the garment of praise? You mean tell me? Well, I think I do believe because I was there on two occasions to see her sing while she's having surgery on her eyes. It's not something that always inspires, oh, I can't wait to get to the doctor so I can sing. <laughs> you know? I mean, it, it, it's not something people look forward to. It's something that people make a choice to do you, when you think about it, you know? hmm. The armor of God is much like an anchor. Hmm. Do you have this? armor, including that garment of praise. Do you know how to use the garment of praise? Do you know how to use the garment of praise? I sure do. Put on the the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Have you ever had a spirit of heaviness? Mm -hmm. Just kind of down in the dumps and the gloom and the despair and all? You know, and we need to, you know, figure out how to use this Garment of praise, you know, and that the praise is what helps us avoid disaster in our life.
0: It helps us to stand firm, just like that anchor helps the boat to stay
1: You're absolutely and right and not
0: go over the falls.
1: Yep, the enemy of our souls always pulling us down. Mm-hmm. But the garment of praise, and if we can begin to praise him every day of our life for whatever's going on in our life, it's worthwhile. One is.
0: Back to Second Chronicles chapter 20 where we were talking about Jehoshaphat and these three armies were coming together against the nation of Israel. In Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 9, now Jehoshaphat is, is, is talking to God in the midst of this. And he said, when he called everybody together, they were fasting and praying. He says, when the worst happens, whether war or flood or disease or famine... And we take our place before this temple. We know that you are personally present in this place.
1: Our ever-present God is personally in this place. That's what he tells us. When
0: we come and things are happening and we pray out our pain and trouble, we know that you will listen and give victory.
1: Hmm. I prefer... Victory over defeat. What about you? Me too. Yes. Give victory Mm -hmm. for whatever it is you're going through in your life, you know? And praise speeds up victory.
0: Yes, it does.
1: It speeds it up if you think about it. And complaining slows victory down. And oftentimes, complaining and groaning, it just brings it to a stop. Yeah. just brings it to a halt. And we need to understand how valuable God considers our praises. And it's not based upon how you feel or what's happening in your life, No more so than when Susan, she chose to praise God in the midst of all the things that she was going through. You know? And we have a choice to praise God in the midst of difficulty. And gloom, despair, and agony on me. We, We make that choice, you know?
0: Picking up in verse 10 in 2 Chronicles 20. And now it's happened. Men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir have shown up. You didn't let Israel touch them when we got here at first. We detoured around them and didn't lay a hand on them. And now they've come to kick us out of the country. This is what Jehoshaphat is saying. The country you gave us. Oh dear God, won't you take care of them? So he's asking God to deal with their enemies. We're helpless before this vandal horde
1: of barbarians, mm-hmm. as it was referring to there. And they you acknowledged
0: know? they were helpless. They needed God's help.
1: And they yep. were ready to attack.
0: Yep. We're helpless before this vandal horde ready to attack us. We don't know what to do.
1: Have you ever been in a situation where something was happening in your life? And this is right here in the Bible. Yeah. In this verse, we don't know what to do
0: we're looking to you. That was their answer. We don't know what to do, but we're looking to you. That's, How simple is that for us to remember? Let me
1: just read it all, all out here. We're ready to... They were ready to
0: attack
1: us. They were ready to attack us, and we don't know what to do. We, we're looking to you.
0: That sounds like that would make
1: a good song. <laughs> that does sound like a good one there, but anytime you don't know what to do, that's good advice to look to you, to look to Almighty God. That's right. Because He can do the impossible. Verse 13,
0: Everyone in Judah was there, little children, wives, sons, all present, and attentive to God, everybody.
1: Are we ever attentive to God? It's just like we're on the, the outlook. We're, we're waiting to see what God's doing, what God's saying to us, you know? Then Jehaziel was moved by the Spirit
0: of God to speak from the midst of the congregation. Jehaziel was the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, the Levite of the Asaph clan. He said, attention everyone, all of you from out of town, all you from Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, God's word. Don't be afraid. Don't pay any mind to this vandal horde.
1: Of barbarians, that's what he says.
0: He goes on to say, this is God's war." The battle is the Lord's, not yours. Tomorrow you'll go after them. See, they're already on their way up the
1: slopes of Ziz. You know, God reveals the enemy's plan and He reveals their location they're going up this mountain here. He
0: says, you'll meet them at the end of the ravine near the wilderness of Jeruel. You won't have to lift a hand in this battle. Just stand
1: firm. That means... With your armor on, though. Mm -hmm. When God's telling you just to stand firm, he's telling you to have your armor on. Judah,
0: entered Jerusalem and watch God's saving work for you to take shape. Don't be afraid. Don't waver. March out boldly tomorrow. God is with you.
1: And he is ever-present. That's something we need to remember. That's in God's word. It is. That God is ever-present. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He is ever present with us.
0: Then Jehoshaphat knelt down. This is the king. He knelt down, bowing his face to the ground. And all Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping God. The Levites, both the Kohathites and the Korahites, stood to their feet to praise God, the God of Israel. They praised at the top of their lungs. <laughs> How about that? They praise loud. Which one of those Hebrew words would that have been? There was one that was loud.
1: It was. I I don't remember it right off the bat. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 in the New King James, it says, Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Did you know praising God during difficult times? I mean, you could classify that as a sacrifice. Yes. And I'm just going to read it again. Hebrews 13:15. Let us continually. How often is continually?
0: On and on and on and on. <clears throat> non-stop.
1: Let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Hmm. How about that? Let us learn to praise our way to victory. You think that we could praise God when we don't really feel like it?
0: We can. It's a
1: choice. Can we say positive things when we don't feel like it? Mm-hmm. It's a choice. And, and when you're called upon to pray and say, so, oh man, I didn't, never know if I have to deal with this, can we pray in difficult times? We certainly can. So let us praise our way to victory. When things aren't going our way and our enemies are drawing near, Do you complain or praise? Praise. I mean, from what we're learning, we know to praise, but our tendency may be to complain. When you think about it, do we complain or praise God? You can complain your way to defeat if you want to. I don't think that's a good idea. It's, It's natural to be negative and gripe and complain and despair but it's supernatural to praise God that that ain't natural that's supernatural and that's what God specializes in you know so let us learn to praise you know our, our way to victory and so just well this is the way everybody else does it or well, you saw that on TV or you watch well we don't watch TV so we don't know what's on there but You saw this, or you heard this, or someone said that. Are we being negative, or can we praise God in the midst of all those difficult situations?
0: I have a question. It's because I shared my testimony, it took up a chunk of our time. It did. So, do we leave him there on this cliffhanger of not knowing what happened with the Israelites, and we pick up here next week, or do we go ahead and try to rush through it and be done?
1: Well, I, I wouldn't rush through it. God's Word is good to chew on for a while anyhow, don't you think so? Yeah, it is. Because it's 7.30, Yeah, 1. right. So I would say we can just pick up here and continue on. Next week? Yeah.
0: All righty. A cliffhanger. What happened <laughs> to Jehoshaphat? Read the book. It is in Second Chronicles. If you want to get a sneak peek, Second Chronicles, chapter twenty, verse twenty. Remember my twenty twenty vision.
1: That's where you pick up. All right. Why don't, why don't we just pray for every one right now? Well, Father God, we just come before you right now, and we all have had opportunities to experience your grace yes. and your mercy, your your miracles, Almighty God. We all have had the opportunity to experience the victory that you have promised to all of us. Yes, Father. And we ask your blessings upon the men and the women and the boys and the girls who are here, for, who are watching online, and we ask Almighty God that your victory would flow to them tonight. Yes, Lord. And help us, Almighty God, to learn to be praisers. Yes. To praise you. No matter what's going on in our life, Help us learn to be praisers and uh, to be positive when we speak and when we pray. Bless each one, man, woman, boy, and girl. We ask, almighty God, that you'll continue the work that you have begun inside them.
0: Yes. And if you're here tonight and you have not Accepted Christ as your Savior. The scripture says today is the day of salvation. Yes, And we it would is. like to pray with you to do just that right now. If you've already accepted Christ as your Savior, would you join us and reaffirm your faith in our amazing God? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father.
1: Dear Heavenly Father.
0: I believe
1: I believe
0: that you love me so much that you love me so much and there's nothing about me and there's nothing about me that you find detestable that you find detestable because you sent your son
1: because you sent your son
0: to pay for my sins to pay for my sins every one of them
1: every one of them
0: he paid for them in full
1: he paid for them in fall. I believe. I believe.
0: That Jesus died on the cross. That
1: Jesus died on the cross. For me. For me. And then he rose from the dead. And then he rose from the dead. On the third day. On the third day. With resurrection power. With resurrection power. To give me a new life. To give me a new life. I receive the forgiveness. I received the the forgiveness.
0: And the new life you give me.
1: And the new life you give me. Help me now. Help me now. To live my life. To live my life. In a way
0: that honors you.
1: In a way that honors you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.